Hello, and welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon Framework, Axon Server, and their ecosystem. I am your host and a software developer at Axonic, Sarah Tori. In this episode, I spoke with my colleague in Axon Framework's lead developer, Stephen Van Balen, about data migration. We talked about various scenarios when this might be needed. We also discussed what is necessary to prepare for migrating data and what to be cautious about in this process. I hope you like my talk with Stephen. Let's have a listen. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing today? Hey, Sarah. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I, so I, I happy hope, to have you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're doing good as well. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, it's pretty early, but I'm so happy to be starting my day talking to you. It's always a pleasure. So, um, yeah, a, a, a little nerdy joke. <laughs> we're on episode two of season four, so we're on 42, baby. Oh, damn. Oh, this 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 podcast is going to bring all the answers everybody needs, right? And then that's all they ever need. We don't need to do any more recordings after this. Exactly. This is wow. it. This is the perfect recording, the Dang. perfect episode. You don't need any more. <laughs> no, I didn't expect oh, it would be. It would be me, though. That's what. What a hey. What a pressure. You're a very special guest. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, this is great. Well, um, we're going to talk about data migration today. So, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about different scenarios uh, when we come to data migration and uh, trying to figure out how to basically move your data from uh, one um, one system to another system, from one place to another place. So um, in Axon Server, of course, we have two different editions. We have the Axon Server Standard Edition, mm-hmm. uh, which basically uses one node. There's really no backups. Um, better for sort of like testing things out and playing around with Axon uh, Server itself. And then we have the Enterprise Edition, which is better for um, production scenarios and things like that. So uh-huh. let's start with that. Let's say somebody is um, starting their project or um, trying out the Axon Server and um, uh, seeing if that works for their particular use case. And then they decide to move uh, from Axon Server uh, Standard Edition into the Enterprise Edition. How uh-huh. does the data migration work in that scenario? Can you walk me through that? Yeah, I think I can take you to through some of the steps. Um, yeah, honestly, it's it's not going to be overly complex as far as I'd I'd say. So mm-hmm. when you when you're using Excel Server Standard Edition, that is, um, you'd honestly just have a single context, right? Just right. a single one, and this is uh, well one place to flow all your messages through, but also one place for your events. If you're going to enterprise, you get the option to go for multiple contexts so that you essentially have separate data streams, separate event stores. So this means that if you're going from standard to enterprise, you need to be conscious in what kind of context you put the old one. By default, Mm -hmm. it would be called default, and likely you want it to be a bit of a different name. Um, So so you change that around to whatever name works within your domain. So Um, you have that option of editing it to whatever name you want. It's not something set. No, it's it's uh, something in the configuration. It's not like mm-hmm. the the file has that name. It's the directory where it's stored at, which typically has that name. But all that is configurable. So okay, nice. we, we do say that everything's zero configuration. Yes, you can get started with zero configuration, but obviously you got options and choices. Everybody sure. wants those options and choices around. So, of course. Yeah. 
Nice. So um, in that case, it's a, it's an easier scenario, of course, because you're just basically going from a simpler version into a little bit more complex. You yeah. do have ways to uh, personalize it to however you want it. Now, what about the other way around? If you are for going from enterprise edition to standard edition, which I'm not sure what, what the use case would be or what kind of examples, if you have any examples mm-hmm. where somebody has done that already, um, I'm not sure why you would want to make that switch and sort of downgrading. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how do you kind of how do you manage that? I, I don't know. I don't think any of our users, not that I'm aware of, at least, have done that mm-hmm. or have tried that. Um, it does bring that predicament about the multi-context scenario. Yeah. If you have been using multiple contexts, you have been separating your events into distinct stores, into distinct files on your file system. As Excel mm-hmm. Server does that. Um, and you can't really automatically merge those. So this mm-hmm. is this would be somewhat problematic. The easiest way to do go back from enterprise to standard is essentially to run several editions of standard. So okay. how, how I mean that, let's, uh, let's assume you have an enterprise setup. Uh, you got three contexts. That's what you defined. So three distinct message buses for every type um, and three event stores. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to go back to a standard edition solution. Okay, fair. Um, standard edition doesn't allow us this multi-context logic. So mm-hmm. the most pragmatic means to still break it up using standard is to run standard edition three times for every okay. context. Mm-hmm. That would be the easiest approach to take. Um, you would still need to... So the, the enterprise edition uses raft for consensus that would no longer apply. So you would remove that as far as I'm concerned. And you might need to tweak the configuration again if you have set up things like access control and user management and roles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because those used to be mixed and now you're breaking that apart as well. Um, right. So that's going to be some work, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not not overly ideal, but uh, it's doable. I think, yeah. In that- in that case, then, can you um, basically decide which context goes to which standard edition? Do you have um, any sort of configuration that can help with that? Or um, does it basically, um, uh, the enterprise edition, basically, the, your leader decides which context goes where? Does, does that make sense at all? No, you got complete freedom in this case. It, okay. It's like... Um, what, when you're using the multi-context scenario, you could almost state that Axon Server Enterprise itself is running Axon Server three times okay. if you got three contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, and which of the, the Axon Server instances is in charge of a given context? It's entirely up to you. Okay. So there's, yeah. there's yeah, the, the also not really any level of configuration. It's just... Uh, an operator in a terminal moving files mm-hmm. from one the direction to another or to directory another. to another. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And then um, in the case of uh, sensitive data, or if you are say um, using uh, our data protection uh, protection module inside of the enterprise edition, um, or you have some security things that are set up within the enterprise, is it then um, easy to? use sort of similar services in the standard edition or is, does that make any difference at all in so terms data, of security or data protection? Yep. Yeah, fair, fair point, uh, Sarah. The, the data protection module we provide doesn't care whether you use Excel Server as the event store or 
whatever other variant to store events in. It, it doesn't care about that. So mm-hmm. that would just work. Uh, granted that you're not using the Excel server plugin of the right. data protection module because <laughs> the logic of plugins and extensions, that's also an enterprise specific thing. Ah, so okay. if, if you would be using those, mm-hmm. well, then you need to provide something else. If you're okay. using the plain or the plain, is that the right way of putting it? I think the old fashioned version of the data protection model, just a regular one that you run with your Axon framework app. Okay. Well, then it mm-hmm. runs with your Axon framework application. So. Okay, yeah. so then there's no problem with that. Okay, nope. great. Nope. Great. Um, so there is the um, a, another scenario, which um, I actually failed to cover first, is if you're going from standard edition to standard edition, I'm assuming it's going to be a fairly easy process because then you're just migrating data from one context to another context. That's yeah. not no, going to be a problem. No, no exactly. If you are then going from uh, one Axon Server Enterprise Edition, let's say instead of context, then you want to uh, migrate to another Axon Server Enterprise Edition. Um, again, not sure what the use case would be or what the reason would that be if you need mm-hmm. to move from one Axon Server um, Enterprise to another one. Is that possible? How easy it is? Is it easy? Do people want to do that? Um, I'm thinking when this might be reasonable. I think if you've got several environments for your, for your uh, when you're building an application, so you got a test and an acceptance and a production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been uh, I've had the pleasure of working at a project where we wanted to validate all our events from production against what we were writing in development. So right. um, because you're changing your event structure, right? Maybe maybe mm-hmm. you introduce some upcasters, but right. potentially you forget to do that. Well, the best way to test whether your events actually work with what you've got built is mm-hmm. to read those from from right. production environment to an acceptance environment. So that's what we did. We pushed okay. all the events. We did anonymize some of the data. We didn't have a data protection model back then, so we didn't have any form of crypto erasure. Uh, so yeah. we did that ourselves. Um, and we just pushed them through the upcasters. But long, long story short, this would be potentially... A case where you would go from an enterprise solution running your production setup to an mm-hmm. acceptance environment where you want the events from that um, that location to go over to another location. Gotcha. So purely for testing. I think that would be reasonable. Um, yeah. As far as the data goes, so when I'm talking about data, I mean specifically the events. Mm-hmm. Um that shouldn't be that big a deal other than just, again, moving the files to the right directories. But mm-hmm. if you're going from enterprise to another, then you need to initialize the cluster mm-hmm. well enough. Mm-hmm. So using either the, the init cluster functionality that Axon Server Enterprise provides or yeah. the cluster templates to just kickstart it, that would be, that would be helpful. Right, makes sense. Uh, two two points that you mentioned that I like to um, sort of dig a little bit deeper into. Uh, one was the notion of the clusters and also upcasters. So <laughs> let's talk about clusters a little bit. So let's say if uh, somebody is using the enterprise edition and they, for instance, have three nodes in that cluster, but mm-hmm. then they want to um, add additional nodes to it. Let's say that you're going from three to five, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um do you, in that case, migrate any data? Do you leave the data as is, and it just adds to, you know, the rest of the um, 
CPU memory, what have you, that you have added with the addition of nodes and your mm -hmm. backups and things like that. Um, do we need to at all uh, care at all about the data migration in this case, or is not even an issue? In all honesty, you could simply add an excellent server node um, mm -hmm. and let it uh, be part of the cluster, and it will notice that it's all far behind. It doesn't have any of the events yet. So right. what it will start doing is replicating all the data, uh, regardless mm -hmm. of how many contexts you've defined, if it's 1, if it's 10, 20, it doesn't care. It just it copies just, it, right? Exactly. As long as it's part of those contexts, if it belongs to those replication groups, then it will add that information. Um, that might take some time, though. So it's not the most efficient way to do things. What you can do is just take, you, you, you want to have that node contain the same set of events for fault-tolerance reasons as well, but also so that they can form a fair consensus over what new events you want to introduce. So taking the events from your existing nodes, copying the files and pushing them to your new node will be a lot faster. I think best in this case would be to just uh, copy over the closed files so that those are filled up segments, so to say. Um, and then there's always one segment that's being written to actively. I wouldn't necessarily copy that. So then right. it can just replicate the active file segment and for the rest it can, uh, well, get a flying start, so to say. Gotcha. Now, um, you did mention that if it's in the same replication group, what if it's not in the same replication group? If it doesn't belong to the replication group, then apparently it didn't need doesn't need to replicate that. Doesn't data. matter. No. Yeah, doesn't matter. Exactly. So even easier. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, let's talk about upcasters. So that was another uh, thing that you had mentioned. Um, um, why does it matter to to talk about the upcasters and how do we um, sort of manage these uh, scenarios when you have an upcaster, whether um, or uh, as opposed to when you not yeah, dealing with yeah, upcasters. Exactly. Yeah, so this is definitely one of the things I, I slipped you on a paper, so to say, because I wanted to talk about this, because <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to, to cover this. Um, from, from a theoretical stance, you, well, you would keep your events as is always, period. Mm -hmm. You don't change them, right? It's, it's, it's a fact, it's history. You can't change history in real life, so you don't change your events either. It's, it's a similar thing. Now, yeah. that's the, the, the theory behind it. But in practice, you will come to a point that you likely want to change your events. So you right. want to change the structure. You need to add fields, remove fields, rename fields, split an event into several, merge several. Mm -hmm. um, all things you need to be conscious about if you do it, sure. So we got some 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 help for this. The framework provides upcasters to, to help yeah. you with this whenever uh, sensible messaging defaults uh, don't work, being forward mm -hmm. and backward compatible right. in that case. Um, now, what if you have written more than 100 upcasters? What happens if you're reading events uh, from in an actual framework application and you got all those upcasters, then all your, your stream of events will all be pushed through all the upcasters. So if you have 100 of them, well, we, we try to make it as optimized as possible by ensuring it only acts on actual events it needs to act to. But still, if the number of upcasts increases, that might simply become a penalty on reading your events. Right. Is that, that's, that's not going to be beneficial at a certain stage. Mm -hmm. um, Noted, the, the bigger chances that this happens is if, if your domain is still a little bit in flux, that you're not 100% sure about how to write your events mm -hmm. or 
maybe you've written events which are very uh, consisting out of a lot of value objects and all those events carry that value object meaning that if you change that object then all your events change exactly yes so <laughs> one of my earlier axon projects so mind you was still very much a, a youngster uh, in the game um, <laughs> we we did that we had uh, some some fatter events some fatter objects in them mm-hmm. uh, which were in constant flux because of development cycles right uh, so we we came to a stage that we had I don't know, 25 upcasters for over 50 events. Oof. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and it, 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 it was just, it wasn't ideal anymore. So right. yes, you could stick to the theory and keep those around till the end of time. Yeah. Well, I think this Do you was, want to? <laughs> yeah, do you want to? No, no, we didn't want to at least. So <laughs> what, what I would recommend in these cases is go back with your team decide mm-hmm. do we want to manage all these upcasters do we really mm-hmm. care about the original format of the event anymore does it g- uh, give us any added value right uh, and if 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 not then maybe just maybe it might be smart to rewrite your events okay and and, and given the the lengthy description i'm giving you here mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i mean this very cautiously because obviously it breaks with the idea of an event store you don't change exactly. your data you don't change but your data you no. don't change your events right no exactly but you know um time time moves on and uh, you need to be compliant with what you need at a later stage as well so um at that at this specific project we we took that stance that okay mm-hmm. We're going to rewrite our events. Um, Axon and I'm framework. so curious to ask you. I know it's beyond the yeah. scope of this talk, but yeah. can you kind of tell me a little bit, how do you then deal with that, that the notion of event is history, you shouldn't change it, but then eventually you decide that it's changed so many times already within your um, in in your project within the project mm-hmm. and using all of these opcasters, it's no longer the same as it was written at the very beginning. And now mm-hmm. you want to rewrite it. How do you go about it? Yes, exactly. That's what I wanted to go to. <laughs> Sorry, this so, is not about data migration, but no, I really want to know. <laughs> no, I, I do think it, it touches base on this a little bit. So, so okay, sure, good. it's not entirely the, the same, I guess, but uh, you could almost compare it with going from one Axon server enterprise setup to another. Mm-hmm. Because that's also, okay. well, it's still the same application sphere, right? Yeah. We're still in the same domain. We we are not really changing our infrastructure. Right. We're moving the data from one place to another. And sometimes sure. you need to put a map function in the middle to map mm-hmm. it from mm-hmm. one format to another. Um, well, the benefit we had was that we did write all those upcasters. Because those okay. upcasters know yeah. how to go from the original format to the latest. So we wrote a tool, a one-use tool, though, because you don't need to do that more often. And this tool uh, connected to two event stores, the old one and the new one, which was empty. And it just streamed all the events and pushed all of them through the upcasters. And the upcasted event was then published to the event store. What you need to be mindful in this case is that you keep the same timestamps. Because you don't want yeah. to change the time, <laughs> sure, <laughs> because sure. that, that would uh, so so don't really do the Axon framework uh, event bus publish method or the mm-hmm. aggregate lifecycle apply. Don't do that, because that right. would change the timestamp. That's that's gotcha. not what you want. Um, gotcha. But yeah, that's what we did. We did really keep the backup cool. of the really old events 
still just yeah. for certainty yeah. you know you, mm -hmm. you don't yeah. know maybe maybe you need it um right yeah so that would be really cool yeah that's yeah that's what we did and it was nice. uh, an interesting endeavor and everybody was very <laughs> excited and very scared and uh, so uh but yeah was everybody <laughs> excited at the end of the project too <laughs> that it just worked. scared yes yeah <laughs> no, no no we were very excited and it worked out nice but we did we did test it very thoroughly so Exactly. That's what yeah. matters. Right. Um, very cool. Very cool. So, um, so we covered the upcasters. Now, um, let's say we want to, for instance, um, now changing uh, the data from, say, one format to another format, right? Uh, let's say you have your data stored um, as an XML and then you want to move uh, to, let's say, JSON or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Different. How do you deal with that then? Because I know with, uh, um, I think by default, we store the data in XML. Is, is that correct? Yes, correct. And then if somebody yeah. wants to use JSON, then that's a little bit different story. But anyhow, if you want to <laughs> move the data from XML to JSON, how do you go about it? Yeah, that's that's honestly not that different a tool. It's just the, mm -hmm. the map function, which in the previous example, were the upcasters. Right yeah. now is the serializers. Mm -hmm. So you're using a serializer to read from the old format and then use another serializer, the JSON one, to go to the to the new one. Uh, right. That would be a means to do this if mm -hmm. uh, if you don't want to keep the fact that you used to store it in XML. Maybe that is valuable information. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't want to do a rewrite in this case, because this um, might not always be ideal, um, you can also write a custom serializer if you'd want. I'm not okay. sure whether that's the best approach. Uh, definitely something to deduce with your team. But you can right. write a wrapper around the serializer that just uses both, that knows, okay, I'm going to check, I'm going to poke the event saying, is this XML? Oh, it's XML. Then I use the extreme variety. And mm -hmm. then poke it again for another event saying, is this is this XML? Oh, no, it's X, not the XML. Then it's likely JSON. Yeah, it's JSON. It's a newer event. And then <laughs> right. you use JSON. Gotcha. In fact, I'm saying this is that um, what's also good to note about event stores, that sure, we keep everything, but likely you're using the last bit of the store most. So right. if, you, if there is a moment that you switch over from XML to JSON, eventually the chances become slimmer and slimmer that you're using your XML events. Mm -hmm. and you're going mm -hmm. to your JSON events. Right. Granted... This also depends on the domain and the scope, the, the, the life cycle of your aggregates and your query models. And right. a lot of it yeah. depends. But it just know. depends. Everything yes. depends. But Always. it is possible yeah. and it's not yeah. it's not a difficult endeavor, which is good. Um, so we covered a lot of things within Axon server and moving between different uh, editions and so forth. Now what if you are using Axon Server and then you decide not to for any reason? Mm -hmm. How do you then migrate your data out of Axon Server altogether? Yeah, this is also a very honest question. I think the other way around would also work, right? Maybe you started mm -hmm. with a non-Axon Server setup using yeah, um, absolutely. or JDBC or or home behold the so Mongo let's start with that how do you bring it into Axon server and work and how do you get it out of Axon? <laughs> let's start yeah. with the beginning yeah, yeah. sure sure to, to bring it in Axon server uh we actually provide a migration tool okay so whenever you're downloading the uh the Axon server uh runnable you get mm -hmm. a migration runnable with that which you okay. need to configure saying okay you need to go to this store so, uh, database or this uh, mongo document store uh, mm -hmm. this is where you read the events 
and then you push it to this Axon server node. So that's um, that's all relatively straightforward. The documentation mm -hmm. is in place. Nice. The other way around, though, going from Axon server to a non-Axon server setup, so going back to JPA or JDBC or Mongo, well, we don't have a, an unmigration tool. I'm not sure if that's what you <laughs> would call this. But, we don't uh, help you out on the way out. No, just kidding. <laughs> You're on your own, no, buddy. <laughs> exactly. No, no, that would be me. We no, no, absolutely not. No. No, we don't... Uh, no, we don't want to, to lock in everybody. That doesn't. That wouldn't be no, fun. Of course not. No, no. We, we we would again go to a similar setup as we have with the upcasters and the serializer logic. But now the mapper is again different. We're mm -hmm. just going from we're reading from an actual service store and writing to a JPA, JDBC, or a Mongo store. Yeah, and that's all there is is to. And then the map mm -hmm. function isn't really existent anymore in this case because right. you're not changing the data mm -hmm. uh, as we were with the upcasters and the serializers, but. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the most pragmatic step. So it means, by the way, writing a very simple Axon framework application uh, using or configuring two stores. So that isn't default for the framework. So you do need to deal with the configuration yourself there. Um, have a streaming event processor likely. So either a tracking or a pulled streaming variant who reads from and let that read from one store and let it write to the other one in an gotcha. event only component. Yeah, makes sense. So um, from what I'm hearing, fairly straightforward how to uh, you know migrate your data within various uh, uh, platforms and um, stores, mm -hmm. but you do have to plan for it very carefully, right? You yes. do have to make sure that things are in place before you make that transition because it's even though it seems kind of straightforward, it can actually... Um, cause you a lot of trouble and headache <laughs> if it's not planned properly. No, this is this is completely uh, correct, Sarah. We, we haven't really glanced on that yet because if you're running a production setup and you mm -hmm. have, you need to replace the infrastructure underneath because that's essentially what you're doing in, in most of these cases. Well, yeah, you need to be mindful of that. The, the, the simplest, if at all possible, would be to do a, a big bang deployment, so to say. So kill the old app do the migration and start up the new one. Um, well, that does give downtime. Yeah. So that might not be ideal. Uh, in mm -hmm. a lot of cases, that isn't ideal anymore. So you could think about a, a blue-green deployment strategy. So you're preparing the new store whilst the other one is still running. And then you do need, you, you have some form of layover period still that uh, you, you want to keep that window as small as possible. So likely do it with, um, outside of office hours if you have any of that with your application. Um, and yeah, you could also think about doing a rolling upgrade as a deployment, although that would be some configuration encoding as well to be certain that your application can read from both, write from both, and your new variant also does that so that it can do that step. Um, if you really need zero downtime, you need to invest development work in that. That is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. makes sense. Um, one thing that I wanted to also ask you is the um, notion of the backup. So uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, using Axon Server Standard Edition. And um, obviously with that, you only have one context and there's not much of a backup going on. Um, how do you back up your data um, in that case? Uh, for any reason, if you need to um, store some of this data somewhere else, uh, 
for whatever reason, your um, um, Accent server, I don't know, doesn't function properly. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the backup then in that case? Yeah, so uh, exa- when when you're not using the enterprise edition, it's not uh, the distributed consent, not the raft protocol, which automatically duplicates your data anymore. Of yeah. course, yeah. Um, so you'd need to do that yourself. That's true. So locally, Excellent. you have to, yeah. Yeah. The Axon server provides uh, two, I believe three at least, but you're doing the standard edition. So in this case, it would be two two endpoints, uh, one which gives you all the file names that are closed. So all the file names of the event segments and the snapshots segments you have um, so that you can validate based on that file list, okay, this is what I have. This is what I haven't backed up yet. So you can uh, pick the ones you haven't backed up and then you need to write a script that just does a, a copy again from your terminal from one location to another. That would be one. But you also want to have your control database. So where the control logic of Excel Server is, is situated, uh, this would be another endpoint you'd have. So you need to do a post operation so that Excel Server standard edition can stop for a very small moment in time Make the make the the view make uh, make the backup you want, and then start up again. Go further. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, awesome, really great um, set of information and uh, just ways of doing it. This is really nice. Um, are there any? <laughs> I don't know. Call it bad practices in in migrating your data. I mean, obviously, we talked <laughs> about planning and <laughs> things like that. Yes. Can you? Uh, can you? mess it up colossally i mean i don't know what what can you do that would be considered a really bad practice if you're migrating your data what would be considered a bad practice when migrating (laughs) your data let me think yeah not just uh, testing it in production would be a bad practice (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that would be a bad uh, practice generally speaking yeah that that would be uh i got uh that 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 would be uh priorities kind of deal that, that uh, I would mark you as a cowboy if you do that. Just, uh, hey, I'm in Texas, brilliant. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I think we covered the majority. You just need to be very conscious. You need to test it as well in an acceptance mm-hmm. environment before you actually yeah. do it. Be certain that everything runs, that it works. Uh, think about a rollback strategy as well, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. if it doesn't work or breaks at the last minute or... Uh, I don't know, your data center dies at that moment in time. Yeah. You need to be able to go back. Um, Mm -hmm. So don't immediately remove the old event store that you're you're migrating. Basically always have a backup plan, right? Just in case something happens and, um, you know, he's losing all of your data and especially sensitive data for that matter. Yeah, great. Um, Anything that we didn't really cover through my... Tens of questions that, yeah. I asked that you'd like to add. Mm, no, 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 I'm thinking I, I really wanted to cover the upcaster and the serializer a bit because nice. that's, that's always yeah. a question we get during during the training as well. Yeah. well. Not always, a lot of the times you get that. Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, how, yeah. how, how do you do this? How do you go from one format to another um, yeah. serialized format and such? Uh, so I definitely wanted to put that out there. Um, and, and other than that, what I want to give you is yeah, it's it's just another type of data migration. 
not not so differently from other application environments you might have worked in. Mm-hmm. So you use common sense. Uh, think about the practices you used back then or you heard about back then. Um, yeah. Sure, uh, reach out to us because um, when it comes to specifics about the framework and server, well, we obviously know them. So we can help you out to um, get some of the caveats. But a lot of yeah. those caveats would consist or uh, exist with any type of application. Absolutely. And as always, I think it's worth mentioning that the uh, our Discuss platform is always available for questions. And if uh, you're stuck someplace, just ask us. We're, we're generally a nice bunch of people. <laughs> we don't bite normally. We do our best. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're, um, we're always available to answer questions and um, help wherever we can. So that's exactly. really great. And I really appreciate you uh, giving me your time today. I know you're, you're very busy, uh, but mm-hmm. this, was a, this was a fun topic to talk about. And uh, so I really appreciate you being available to, to discuss it and to walk me through different scenarios. Really appreciate that. Thank yeah, you sure so thing, much. Sarah. I, yeah. I, uh, I enjoy this. This is also nice, right? I want, awesome. to, share, I want to share what we're doing. So yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's, it's good stuff. Alrighty. Yeah. Until next time we talk, have a great day. Yeah, have a great day, Sarah. See you next Thanks. time. Thanks. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Stephen. Please join me next time for other amazing topics with wonderful guests. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.